This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform. I wanted to do a quick podcast and talk. Yesterday we had a discussion in our main podcast where we started talking about um, weight training, how you would adjust for weight training based on your goals, things of that nature. And so definitely check that out if that's something that you're interested in. One of the ideas that came up, though, was expounding a little bit on cardio, um, specifically running high intensity and how all those things sort of factor in to reaching a person's goals. So let's talk about kind of energy systems, the energy systems that you're going to be using in various activities. And so when you look at something like jogging or hiking or something of that nature, you're not looking at a highly glycolytic way of of exercising. The problem that you run into with that, though, is if you're doing it for longer than, say, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, what often ends up happening is you do tend to end up, and and for some reason at the top of my head is, is 15 to 20%, of your energy is derived from glucose at that point. So for instance, if if you were jogging for three hours, then you would be you would see a substantial tap on your glyc glycogen reserves. And so let's say in those three hours you're burning anywhere from 300 to 500 calories, essentially what we're saying is is that, you know, let's just go ahead and round that to a thousand calories in about three hours. Then roughly you're looking at about 200 um, calories that would have come from carbohydrates. And so that, you know, every um, gram of carbohydrate equals four calories. So you would want to replace somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50 grams of carbohydrates in that scenario. Now, is it dire? Is your body not going to function if you don't? No, but it's it's a general rule that we can look at in terms of recovery and things of that nature. I think what happens though is um, one, we're talking about a scale, and we'll sort of run through the various things, um, you know, that kind of represent that scale. So when you're looking at cardio, the two things that you're going to be talking about are: is it catabolic or is it anabolic and in slow steady state you're typically looking at more of a catabolic catabolic catabolism basically just means tearing down of tissue a lot of times people get so caught up in tearing down of tissue because all they hear is muscle tissue that's not true as most people who run sort of know is that sometimes you will mobilize some fat in that instance, and that is also catabolic. Um, adipose tissue is also tissue, and adipose tissue is fat. So there are instances where you would mobilize fat by using cardio, and and you know what we always make an argument for is some level of moderation where you're using resistance training and cardio. But we're just kind of walking through the various stages of what that might look like. The other thing that I think is sort of uh, important to the discussion 
is something like CrossFit, right? So um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is high-intensity interval training. So oftentimes people will go, well, that sounds like CrossFit. I would argue that that's not CrossFit, um, at least not the way that most people implement it. First of all, the idea with CrossFit is constantly varied. So sometimes you'd be lifting heavy, sometimes you'd be high intensity. I think that one, um, a lot of gyms respond to their client base by giving them sort of what they want. And what they want is to go to the gym and get a good workout. So a lot of the times the, the defaults tend to be some level of strength training and then a 15 to 20 minute wad. So you go, well, okay, clearly the 15 to 20 minute wad is high intensity. Depends on the athlete and that athlete's ability. I would argue that you should probably try and tend to um, have wads that actually look like high intensity, but when you see it in real life, what you often see is a lot of people with their hands on their knees lifting weights too high so they can RX a weight or something like that and sort of missing the benefit of the workout. And so I would argue that um, something like CrossFit, when implemented, often is kind of a hybrid between um, what slow state cardio and uh, um you know, something like like high-intensity intervals, Tabatas, things of that nature. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. So when we're saying, you know, what energy systems are, are being used, um, we're really not talking about kind of going into like the super anabolic stage that you would see with, um, with Tabatas or, you know, some other high intensity, you know, hill sprints comes to mind. So you're kind of in that middle ground. That middle ground is useful. You can do a lot of work there. You, you obviously, you know, for a lot of people that ends up being kind of hard and hard is a good thing. But I think that, you know, the way that it's sort of implemented, if, you know, a client only shows up, <clears throat> on the 15 to 20 minute wad days, or if the programming ends up being 15 to 20 minute, you know, wads, and the only variance is, you know, some type of exercise, then I think that's sort of missing the value. If you look at, you know, all of the things that I'm going to talk about, whether it be cardio, some type of high intensity circuit training, or um, something like Tabata's, Whenever you go to the well too often, your body is going to adapt to that. And so it's going you it's going to require a lot more work to then adjust to that adaptation. Part of the idea of kind of having a moderate amount of each involved and what's what I think is sort of neglected a lot when we're talking about something like cardio is the long endurance part where people will, you know, have, you know, 5Ks or something programmed in, but they don't look at longer rucks where you're, you know, have a weighted pack or something like that, or, um, you know, 
two to three hour, you know, um, intense hiking, um, you know, jogging, you know, whatever it looks like. And so, you know, if you don't do that, you're really not tapping all of your energy systems in a way that is going to be demanding and allow for some adaptation so you end up getting better. Uh, the last part, you know, is going to, like I said, this was going to be kind of a quick one, um, but I just wanted to kind of run through like the goals of, of what you're trying to accomplish with these various pieces of cardio. So the pluses of something where you're putting out 100% effort, where it's something like a Tabata where you might have 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. The pluses of that is you're going to have your heart rate go up. You're really going to test um, the abilities of what your um, athletic capabilities are, right? And if you do enough of that, it's going to be favorable as it relates to how you get better with all-out intensity. Like I said, CrossFit is you know, often referred to as not being all-out intensity because people will say, well, you don't want to allow yourself to go over that red line. And the red line is essentially what you're trying to do when, um, you, when you're doing high-intensity training. And uh, the other thing that I think is important when we're talking about high-intensity work or Tabatas, I'll often hear people say, you know, um, I do kettlebell Tabatas or, or something like that. It's okay that, that you're trying to do some level of circuit work, but it doesn't necessarily rise to the level of what the intent of a Tabata was. And the intent of a Tabata was all out effort. And you really can only get there with things like sprinting, hill sprinting, airdyne sprints, you know, these types of things. Even movements, you know, I'm okay with movements like this when we're talking about Tabatas, but even in this instance, you will sometimes rest during your reps. So something like air squats or something like up-downs might be usable, but they would not necessarily fall in... Um, the framework of what I would consider high intensity because when you look at sprints, when you look at air dines, you can actually go all out. And, and truthfully, when you're doing that, it feels different. And the argument for doing that multiple times a week, I think sort of misses the point because oftentimes people will go, well, high intensity work, you know, there's a lot of value there. I agree that there's a lot of value there, but the value starts to decrease when you start going to the well too often. So um, there is another advantage to high intensity work. Um, and that's the fact that as your heart rate is getting up, you go through all the various zones and as your body starts to stabilize, you're going to be able to, um, you know, it'll take a while for your heart rate to kind of come down. And so in that time, you know, you are burning calories.
I think that uh, you could make a strong argument for all of them. I think you know the pluses of slow state cardio is you can get in a lot of work, right? And um, you know when you're looking at something like walking or hiking, it's pretty low impact. And I think that that should be something that, and and, and oftentimes you're not going to be um, at risk of injury as an example, right? Uh, in terms of something like CrossFit, I think that, uh, you know, I like having it in my personal routine just because I like to be able to test my athleticism. And so if you're going to test your athleticism by something, you know, similar to CrossFit, what you really want to be able to do is allow yourself to to be as comfortable as you can. I will tell you that the way that I design my training tends to be more um, with the longer endurance and then also with the high intensity. And so I'm able to actually do CrossFit fairly often at, at a fairly proficient rate compared to my former self without actually having to do a whole lot of wads, right? Um, because, you know, from my perspective, I can get more from, you know, the high intensity work where I might be doing something like airdyne sprints for 10 minutes. And then if I'm working on my strength slow, you know, that was obviously the last podcast, but if I'm working on my strength slow, um, Really, I only need maybe one or two CrossFit workouts a week, so I'm kind of like used to using those skills in a manner that kind of looks athletic or is a test of fitness. And so um, how do you use this for fat loss? Well, I think, you know, there's a couple things, you know, we, we covered a lot of this, like I said, in the strength podcast. But when you look at overall calorie burn and overall amount of work, you know, the long endurance makes a lot of sense. Um, when you look at I only have an hour and I need to work out, something like CrossFit becomes um, more of a thing that can, um, you know, be a part of your routine. And then when you're, you know, just trying to get in a workout, and you have, um, you know, like I have an Airdyne at my house, I'm able to, you know, take 10 minutes. Sometimes that's all I have available. And I can work on, you know, my cardiovascular health that way. But I would not view that as an all-encompassing program, right? Um, and so, you know, that's the thing I think we can all sort of keep in mind in terms of overall fat loss. I think, you know, it's tempting to go long, slow cardio because you have an activity tracker and it says that you're burning a lot of calories and things of that nature. Um, most people don't see that kind of result. And part of the reason why is because, you know, one, they don't eat an adequate amount for what they're saying on their Fitbit and their body simply adjusts and they sort of plateau. And that's the argument for having a more varied way of doing it. Um, I think the thing with, with CrossFit 
is that you do you do sort of get like the the best of both worlds. I would argue that most people would benefit more from periodic, uh, you know, not only wads but sometimes you know breaking down the wads and kind of doing them slower because you can get more of a hypertrophy way of doing things. Hypertrophy being um, how you build muscle. And um, when you're looking at a full body workout, as an example, which is the way that most people program that type of stuff, you don't get to the level of muscle activation that allows for um, creating new tissue. Now, of course, if you're new to exercise, you have not been, you know, testing your um, athleticism very much, you will often see, you know, muscle growth. But in terms of, you know, being six months a year in, you start to see diminishing returns as something like that. And so that's why, you know, I would argue for some level of slow, some level of fast. And 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 I would I would say that the the best gyms out there, whether it be CrossFit, whether it be powerlifting or whatever, they program kind of the way that I'm talking about right now. In terms of uh, something like you know hill sprints or something like aerodyne work. I think the majority of people when they think they're doing high intensity work aren't actually doing high intensity work. And I base that off of the fact that when I'm doing high intensity work, I feel like I'm going to die. Um, and uh, that's the way it's supposed to feel. And so you shouldn't want to feel that, you know, 15 times a day or I mean 15 times a, a week you know you really want to have some level of I would say that probably only twice a week but that would even be a stretch I, th I really think that you know once a week is about right for true high intensity work so I hope this helps everybody in terms of overall fat loss we're, we're really looking at a number of factors. We're looking at, are you maintaining muscle? You're going to maintain more muscle with something like, um, uh, you know, Tabata protocol or, you know, hit work. The problem with hit work is that you can't get in a lot of work, right? You're not going to even burn that many calories. So it tends, the value tends to be muscle preservation and things like that. CrossFit is sort of the best of both worlds. The reason why it's popular is because classes, time constraints, things of that nature. It's also kind of a game. You're playing it for points, and so it ends up being sort of a fun thing. The good majority of people, when they first, you know, if they they're coming from, like in my case, you know, I, I came from a non-athletic background. I had been doing a lot of cardio up to that point. So when I walked in the doors, um, introducing myself to kind of that weightlifting portion, I saw a lot of results really quickly. Those results, though, over time started to, to diminish as my body adapted to them, and so I, I needed to kind of adjust to um, the amount of work that I was putting in and, and what my goals were.
right? And so um, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about this with the strength training. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this in this cardio portion. The issue that people run into when they start doing anything is they often lose their sight of what the ultimate prize is. And when we're talking about, um, you know, running, uh, CrossFit, high intensity work, what happens is, is that people lose the focus of why they started doing those things in the first place. So if you're running three hours a day and you've been doing that for four or five months straight, your weight is stalled and you look in the mirror and you go, these weren't the results that I was looking to do. Well, you're doing the wrong thing. And so you have to adjust, you know, um, how you're doing it. I would say that that applies well to, you know, the high intensity work, but also applies to CrossFit work. You know, um, if you look at a lot of the better athletes, you know, that, that are in the gym, they're not just wadding all the time. If you look at games athletes, you know, they work out multiple times a day. So they're obviously not always doing that at the highest of intensity. And often they will spend more time on hypertrophy work and strength training. So, you know, as, as kind of an accessory to the thing that ultimately makes them better at CrossFit. And so if you are not seeing the results that you want, um, and maybe you're not eating an adequate amount for what you do, you're not going to necessarily see the adaptation that's going to allow for the results that you want to see in the mirror. So I hope this helps everybody. And uh, I hope this was sort of an informative thing as a kind of an addendum to the, the podcast we had yesterday. And so I appreciate everybody listening and we will talk to you guys later. Bye now.